Hello and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and it has been, welcome to 2023. It has been <laughs> another hot minute since we have had an episode. Here with me, as always, is the Director of Publications, my co-host on this podcast, my co-host in life, Major Jamie Satterley. How are you doing today, Major Jamie? I'm great. Loving 2023 so far. You know, we're a whole five days into it. We're five so. days in. <laughs> yeah. So it's exciting. Going good. And we also have with us here our co-host, our producer, the one who makes this whole thing actually run, who keeps the train on the rails, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you doing this fine 2023? I am loving it. Go 2023. All right. So today we want to talk to you about a brand new program um, with the uh, that's kind of involves our partnership with Asbury University. And this program is called Forged. So with us today, we have the creator of that program, Dr. Brian Hull, the Associate Professor of Youth Ministry at Asbury University, as well as Callie Smith, who's one of the coaches of the Forged program. We're so glad to have you guys with us. It's exciting. Great to be here. We're really excited. Yeah, we love the partnership with Asbury. It goes back uh, many, many, many years. We have a lot of Salvationists who have gone through um, Asbury and call Asbury home. We have some family who were students there. So we've gotten to spend a little bit of time and hopefully maybe we'll be able to get our kids on board. <laughs> they still they still got a little bit of time. I'm not pushing them out of the house yet, but we're we're hopeful. We love the partnership with you all as well. So thank you for that. Dr. Hall and Callie, um, please, f first off, the first question, introduce yourselves. Tell us a little about yourselves. What do you do at Asbury and um, how, how, long, how long have you been doing it? Go ahead. Dr. Hall, you're up. As Jamie said, I do teach youth ministry. My, my title has actually just changed a little bit. So I'm the professor of pastoral and Christian ministries here at Asbury. Um, but that's not a huge deal. But I've been here at Asbury about 14 years, and I've been involved in youth ministry and local church ministry for over 25 years. So excited to, to be able to be part of uh, Salvation Army uh, program here at Asbury, part of this Forge program, and uh, love to start new things that involve helping the church, and in particular, Salvation Army, and in particular, youth ministry. Cool. Callie, how about you, ma'am? Mm -hmm. I will start this semester as an adjunct professor in the Christian Ministries Department at Asbury, but uh, I started hearing the Lord calling me into youth ministry when I was in middle school. And then um, ended up attending Asbury, majored in youth ministry, moved to Texas for a while, went to seminary. I've been serving as a youth pastor for about seven years since then, and uh, really passionate about training other adults for youth ministry. All right, so this is a new a new program. The majority of our listeners probably have never heard of Forged. Um, it just kind of rolled out in 2022. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what the Forged program is and how the Salvation Army and Asbury are partnering together in this mission? Yeah, great. We Our goal for this is to invest in youth ministry leaders, adult leaders, in the Salvation Army through basically two big things. One's discipleship of those people and then also training them specifically in youth ministry skills so that they can raise up more ministry leaders where they are. Um, it differs from some other kind of maybe traditional educational programs in the sense that a lot of those are more kind of class-based. So you're going to get information Lots of information. Some of it you might need. Some of it you might not. Um, our goal here is to coach people, so to walk right alongside them 
And I like to talk about it like mending the nets. So as you, you know, if a fisherman comes back at the end of a day and they, you'll see them at the dock going through their nets and saying, where are the holes? Like, where, what do I need to fix here? And the idea is similar that a lot of people in youth ministry know there are certain things they're doing well, but there are other places they might need some help. So our goal is to come alongside and help give them some specific skills right where they are, right what they need, when they need it. And so we walk through, uh, walk with, with people through that. Um, we do that in a two-year process. So um, the program is a, is a two-year program. There are three in-person retreats that happen uh, where, we're in t- where we're together. Um, outside of that, we meet every month online. Um, with the exception of summers, because everyone knows summer in youth ministry is yeah <laughs> insane. Right, you've played this game before. <clears throat> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So that kind of approach just allows us to be a lot more well-rounded, a lot more personalized, a lot more contextual. So it really helps people right where they are in that moment um, take the next step. And Callie, you're one of the coaches for this program. Is that correct? That's right. Now, I was going to say, what's your experience been with that so far? This they You've only been meeting for about six months, right? Yeah. Yeah, correct. that's correct. Yeah. Yep. So can you tell us a little bit about how um, how that's going, how the process is working? Uh, are you seeing um, – I would imagine uh, in my experience with youth ministry, you're already seeing the fruits kind of of this, um, even though we're in the very early days. Yeah, we are. One of the things that we keep hearing from all of the people who are in this program is that they love our focus on soul care. So like Brian said, there's not as much of intense lecture, but it's sort of that mending the nets mindset. And so it's very contextual. So we're listening to them every month, at least, if not more often, and hearing what's going on directly in their ministries and able to help with some broader youth ministry principles that they can then apply wherever they are in their context, because they're all over the country. And so hearing from them, they love that we are listening, that we're maybe someone who is not in their direct supervisor position, who's able to provide some advice kind of from the outside, but that applies to them. Yeah, no, I love that that's the focus. Um, I know, I'm sure it's like this in all churches, but my experience in the Salvation Army, we can get so busy doing, right, that sometimes we forget about the being part and you can't give know what you don't have. Um, So I think it's so important. And that's one of my favorite things about this program is how um, intentional we are about the soul of the youth leader to make sure that they're healthy so that they then can pour uh, into the the people that they disciple. Such an important part. To our listeners, and I'll try to speak this into Salvation Army lingo. So since our uh, acronyms and stuff, it is like uh, this this forged program. You don't have to move to Kentucky to be in this program. Like like Dr. Hall was saying, it's three in-person residentials and then it's online the rest of the year except for the summer. It is like for those of you who have ever heard of the Aero program, it would be adjacent to that program as well. And it is it is a it is a local officer or paid youth worker or even officer uh, a program that that people can participate in to hone the skills to have that soul care like Callie was saying to uh, disciple and make better youth leaders who in fact who in turn will make disciples of Jesus in the local core um, Dr. Hull Callie why is is this training for local leaders for you lo- local youth ministers why is this training important for the gospel why why do we need to have disciples making disciples 
I think we've seen this throughout time, but especially recently, so many Christian leaders that have these big public downfalls. And a lot of them are really charismatic, great public speakers. And there's nothing wrong with a public speaking skill. That's really good. And a lot of time in youth ministry, it might be someone who sort of fits that mold or that skill set. But we need leaders who have integrity and are built on character more than charisma. And so it's really important to have that biblical foundation and that they're able to study the Bible, live that out in their own lives, and then teach that to students more than they're just able to be a public figure. That's great. That's great, Callie. Dr. Hull. Yeah. And I think, you know, anybody who's worked with youth ever before knows that it's really cross-cultural work. In that sense, it's mission work, right? And part of what uh, training like this will do is is give you some tools that will equip people to really be able to see and understand culture as it changes. It changes so rapidly. Um, and so it'll help them be great learners as they step into ministry leadership. And that, of course, helps us serve better. You know, what we all know, one of the problems for us as we get older in ministry is we start assuming things like we assume that what worked once will work again or that certain people responded this way once, they'll do the same. And so this really helps give people some really strong tools to help them uh, grow personally and in their youth ministry skills so they can understand culture and adapt what they're doing uh, to be most effective for the kingdom of God and for the church. That's good. That's great stuff. I've, you know, I've heard, I've heard the quote that said the culture changes, what, every three or four months, culture changes, especially in youth ministry. And so to, uh, to keep presenting the gospel in a world that is constantly changing is... It's tough. So with the Forge program, you have, um, I think, uh, Jamie's going to talk to you here uh, get a second about the first class, but I believe we have space for 12, right? It's very uh, kept person. It's kept smaller on purpose. And right now, this first class is made up from people all over the United States, right? All four U.S. territories. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and we're even open to some of our Canadian friends to join hey. us as well. That'd be great. Hey, can you talk a little bit about like what are some of the? I know you talked a little bit about soul care, but what are some of the kind of like specific lessons or resourcing that you're kind of doing or have done in this the first part of this program? Sure. Yeah. So the way we do it again is is sort of a mending of the nuts, but some of the things that we've begun to address. Um, already are giving them some tools to understand the culture where they are and the context, the neighborhoods, the places where they are. Um, We're also helping them take some more intentional steps in terms of relationship with teenagers. And so we've worked really hard with them on some of those specific skills um, and some intentionalities, ways to be intentional, not only with themselves, but also with their youth volunteers, the other team that they work with, um, so that they can, again, share what they're getting and hopefully expand the ministry effectiveness. Now, I love that, especially that part about learning to work in a team. For a lot of youth ministers, not all of them, um, but a lot of them, this might be their first big job or their first ministry environment. And so learning how to work, uh, we, we would say with officers but, or with senior pastors or other um, local leadership uh, is an important part, right? It's a team. It's a team effort. Um, and so learning how to navigate those relationships, I think, is important and Learning that early can help relieve some of the stress down the road. It's sort of paradoxical because um, a lot of the models that we put forward uh, for ministry leadership are solo kind of superhero leaders, right? But of course, 
that's not at all what's in scripture. That's not at all what's been effective over the years um, in ministry, even in the Salvation Army. I mean, you know, I, I know enough of the history of Salvation Army. Obviously, there's some key people that are involved, but they had a lot of people helping support them and and uh, join them in what they were doing. Um, and so uh, it's sort of paradoxical in that sense that we sort of prop people up and, and sort of set them up for failure in some ways by teaching them that that's what they should be striving for. When in reality, of course, we're way more effective when we actually work together in a team. And it can feel slower at first, but what, but of course we find it becomes much more effective and more influential and more kingdom-based if we actually do it together. At the time of this recording, you uh, have uh... – already had your first residential correct and now you're into your um actually month by month coaching so Callie how uh were you a part of that first residential and then tell us a little bit about like what what do people expect when when they have a coaching call with you Mm -hmm. yeah so our our pattern is sort of uh every other month is a group call where everyone is on it and it's a bit more uh teaching based a presentation and then we break out into our uh, smaller groups. So um, Tony, Brian, and I each have three people that we are coaching this year. And then the other months, we will break into one-on-one coaching sessions and schedule those. And so, um, Jamie, I think it was really wonderful that you mentioned with relationships that you uh, thought about workplace relationships, coworkers, supervisors, because that has been many of the calls (laughs) one-on-one for me, have been about those kind of conversations and how to communicate really well together within church leadership, whereas the teaching sessions were applying those relational principles to the youth ministry and how they communicate with students and with parents. And so you see that balance between the calls that are all together or maybe youth ministry principles, but all of the things that we're learning about relationships, then they're applying in their own lives. And we have those conversations one-on-one for how they can do that with the people they're working with. Yeah, it's important, I think, to build those um, multifaceted skills because you're right, the the way that we communicate with young people is different than the way that we communicate with other leaders. Um, You know, it's a different skill set and you need both, right, to be successful in youth ministry. Uh, you know, it's not just your sole thing is not just communication with the youth. You also have to exist within these other ministries that are happening in the church and in the core. So learning how to do flex both sides of the, of those skills is important. And I don't think that we always do a good job. I've, my experience has been that we kind of recruit people and like, here, you're responsible for the youth, but we don't always train them to be well-rounded in that area. So I think it's That's another piece of this program too, that Every time we meet, we say, teach this to your team. So whether they're coming in as a volunteer or they're in a staff position or an officer, then we're giving this to them saying, whoever you're around, whoever is also in youth ministry leadership with you, or maybe even some of your student leaders, go back and teach this and apply this in your own context. That's great stuff. It's great stuff. It's such a way to just develop the youth leader at your local core or at your division or even the, perhaps somebody out there listening, even skills in your in yourself. All right. It's way too early in the Forge program for me to ask about success stories. But here's my question. Anyway. To you. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Have you because, again, this is the first class is already in. You're only six months into a two year program. Have you seen anything yet that you have just said, yes, this is awesome. This is what we want. This is what's working. Or is it, or should we have you come back in six months and we'll ask the same question then? I'm sure we'll have more stories when you ask us (laughs) in six months, but 
We do now too. So uh, for us talking about levels of relationship, um, we're helping them be intentional about how to approach students, kind of understanding where they are currently with someone and how to have conversations or reach out to build to the next level of relationship, not just so that they can like check it off on a piece of paper, even though tracking things is important, but because they really care about the person because Jesus cares about the person. And so we do too. And so as we've been helping them move intentionally into the next level of relationship with people that they're working with and people in their youth ministries, um, one of my uh, people that I am coaching has said they have already seen not only numerical growth in their group, but spiritual growth and more cohesiveness in the depth of conversations that they've been able to have about scripture. I really think uh, it was the, all the Lord's hand in the timing of all of this, but I think that it all kind of happened at the perfect time when we're, you know, at this place in, in our lives, we're coming out of a pandemic, you know, ministry has changed. Youth ministry doesn't look anything like what it did before. Um, there's a lot of fear and anxiety and burnout a little bit in ministry, what people have been. So I just, I'm thankful to the Lord that it all came together at the time that it did. Um, because I think so much of what you're doing is, is even more important now at this space that we are, you know, in culture and in, uh, just the, the timing of it all. Um, so I, I hadn't thought about that until I'm, you know, until we were kind of getting into it and I'm thinking like, oh, this soul, soul care conversations and how to do all these things. We're kind of relearning in a lot of ways, right? Learning how to do ministry all over again. Um, and so I think it's just incredible to me the way that God pieced all of these things together at this time. Yeah. And it's, uh, your comments are really right on, Jamie. I, I mean, we all, all of us know there are things that we need to work on or learn or whatever. And a program like this um, allows you to have, instead of you having to go find that all the time, it allows it to kind of come to you in in your moment and your, in your place of need. And so it really does help. Like you said, a lot of us are figuring out what are things look like now? Cause things have changed. All of us are very aware of that. Um, and it, it's, it's one of those things that I think really does help people right, right where they are. And I think that's one of the pieces that's really important. You know, we're talking a lot about relationships and I'll just share a really simple, but very sort of staggering stat to me. So there's an organization called Springtide Research and they are one of the few who kind of kept doing research with adolescents through the pandemic. And one of the things that they, they, they discovered was that less than 10% of teenagers said that a religious leader reached out to them during the pandemic, right? And that, you know, there are lots of reasons for that. And, you know, there are ways we could kind of nuance that. But the bottom line is the perception is that the church didn't care about me. And one of the things that we're just trying to re-engage here in this program, and I know it's a, a, a core value in the Salvation Army, is just caring about people, relationship, relationship, relationship. And so that kind of thing really does help, uh, I think, right in this moment, help young people and, and their youth leaders step into that kind of uh, high-level relationship that makes a difference. Yeah, that's great stuff. It is one of these things. It's, it's so easy for us, Salvation Army, sometimes when we either can give somebody the responsibility of youth ministry or we have the finances available that we pay somebody to do it. It is sometimes easy for us just to throw them in and then say, well, that's a good thing. Now I can focus on other things. And so what we need to be doing is intentionally building youth leaders who can lead the next generation to Jesus. And because eventually somebody's going to have to take up the Salvation Army when we're all gone. And if we're not investing in the generation behind us, then we're doing 
uh, a disservice to them uh, and to our calling and to the Salvation Army. And if I can piggyback on that, Matt, Matt, for one second, just to say that also it's important that we invest in those people who are doing youth ministry, too, because a lot of those people, if they're invested in, will stay in ministry and stay in young people ministry longer, which, of course, is just going to be better. And, of course, it gives them skills as they maybe move on past, you know, youth, youth ministry or whatever other places they may wind up in the core. One of those most significant factors in preventing burnout for youth leaders is having a coaching relationship. So I've had a youth ministry coach for seven years. We still meet regularly, but also for for us who are working in the church to then coach someone, like you said, it's going to be a whole different group of leaders in a few years in Salvation Army or in any organization. And so we need to encourage the next generation. We need to speak honestly and call them out when it's needed. And then we also need people who are doing that for us. Absolutely. It's such a critical point in discipleship. And one that I think, you know, we're trying to get across is, you know, we, we need to be discipled, right? It doesn't stop. You're not, okay, I'm a leader. Now I don't need to be discipled. I'm still need to be discipled, but then I am also passing on, you know, who am I discipling? And then for the the person that I'm discipling, who are they discipling, right? It's a, we need both sides. Um, and so, um, I think it, it, you're right. It's super important that we, that we keep that in mind, right? My own growth, but then how am I passing that along? I mean, we could talk about this all day, (laughs) (laughs) but probably not. We probably should move on to the next one. Uh, Okay. If somebody wants to be a part of this program, how do they, how can they learn more? How can they get started? Um, Like what's the process for all this? Sure. Sure. Um, If they want more information, easily they can go to asbury.edu backslash forged, F-O-R-G-E-D. Um, that just has some basic information about the program that might be a, a, a place to kind of start. But really the big step for them is to reach out to their uh, a territorial youth secretary um, and have that conversation that they're interested in the program. And that's really be, gets the wheels turning in terms of uh, unlocking the, the application process and all those things. Right. And we would encourage, if you're interested, we would encourage you to go ahead and make that connection now the classes start each september right in the fall Um, so you might think oh i got plenty of time but because it's such a small class 12 each year you know there's limited space uh you know each territory gets a certain number of spaces so you if you're interested you're going to want to reach out now to make that connection uh, with your territorial youth departments yes and we want you to hear us say it's not 12 per territory or 12 per division this is 12 for the whole nation at one time so we'll include the website uh to our uh show notes as well and um yes your first conversation can be with your divisional youth secretary but you'll want to also talk to your territorial youth secretary as well uh as soon as possible to get your name in the hat because there's an application process for asbury as well as depending upon where you live which territory you go to there is also a salvation army application um, or a some sort of process that has to be met with that as well. Um, last question, Dr. Holt, you said, do you do have some Canadians? Is it possible for, for, for people from overseas to come? I know it would be tougher, definitely, um, for, for, uh, salvationists who, who live in the, you know, Asia zone or the Africa zone, but like you do have some people from Canada, you've said, is that, is it possible that this could be opened up? 
Um, we're certainly open to it. I think right now, I'm not sure we have all the processes in place for them to be able to, to jump in. Uh, like you said, there'd be a challenge in terms of the travel pieces, but we, we would love to be able to have some conversations and, and talk through how we might be able to help move forward with that. And of course, there are lots of great resources out there, even if you aren't able to jump into this program that might help you with, um, uh, with youth ministry uh, skills and, of course, spiritual self-care. Yeah, for sure. That's great. I mean, the context of youth ministry, we talk about uh, just in this country with the culture changing every four months. Uh, uh, youth ministry overseas is a completely different uh, you know, yeah. game. It's a whole than, other ball game. Than it is here for sure. And again, as this program continues to build momentum, uh, you'll hear more about it as, again, we're, we're six months into the first class. So we are fresh off, fresh out of the oven, as they say. And uh as we get ready to, to the second class, we'll be uh, meeting up here or getting together soon. Dr. Hall, Callie, anything else you want to say about Forge Program? Anything else that a salvationist out there who right now is on the fence saying, should I do this? Do I have time to do this? What, what, what's the, what would you say to that person as we get ready to wrap up here? It's worth making the time. I, I think especially in youth ministry, as you're saying, think about it now, apply now, ask the questions right now, because the schedule is crazy, not only for the students, but for us, and it's changing all the time. And so being very intentional, it's the new year, this is the time that we're thinking about those things. And so set aside the time for the things that really matter. And it's not only going to impact you, but it's going to impact the kingdom. It's going to impact all of the students and the people in your community. That's great. Great stuff, Kelly. Yeah. And I'll add this too. I think the, just the kind of community you find when you're in a coaching program like this, like it's not a large group. And so you really get to know the people that you're with, um, you know, from all over the country, uh, maybe all over the North America. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> that, that, uh, that whole community that develops there becomes really a, a support in many ways that you just don't have elsewhere. And so it's, it's worth it to really step into a community like that, to be transformed in those ways and then to have lifelong friends. That's good. That's good stuff. Great stuff. Well, thank Dr. Hall, Callie, we're going to ask you the last question here that we ask everybody, but thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you do through Asbury University, not just through that ministry, but also with the partnership of the Salvation Army to, uh, and, to, and to really, I mean, Dr. Hall, you've built this thing. I want to shout out Captain A.J. Zimmerman from the Central Territory, who was the one who just had an idea in Youth Commission and said, would it be possible to do something like this? And then Asbury said, we got you. And um, to build this thing um, is amazing. What an opportunity to just um, really pour into the lives of, of 12 people each year um, and then to, uh, to disciple. Uh, that's just great stuff. All right. So each episode, we ask this question, uh, what is giving you joy? There's so much you know that's going on around the world. We say this every time. So much going on. It's easy to get uh, you know bogged down or you know, maybe see the negatives, but we always want to think about, you know, what, what is there in our lives that are bringing us joy? So, well, Callie, we'll let you go first. What's bringing you joy in 2023? Uh, I am very grateful for the community that I have. Um, so living in San Antonio, I was a 24 hour drive for my parents in Michigan. And so just moving back a few months ago, I'm I'm very grateful. There have been some celebrations and some really difficult, unexpected things that have happened in the last few months. And so being closer, um, at least physically to people, has also helped with some of that 
um, emotional closeness and spiritual closeness. So I'm, I'm very joyful and grateful for my community. Cool. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Hull, what about you? What's giving you joy? Yeah. Um, I have four kids. Um, they're older, so two are in college and two are out of college, but it was fun, of course, over the holidays to be able to be back together and just to see them thriving brings me incredible joy. And then the other thing, honestly, you know, I'm kind of a, a nerd about this, but you know, this kind of a program brings me great joy. Like we hear so much about the struggles of the church, the struggles of young people right now. And those things are, are largely true, but it's also true that there are men and women who are investing in relationships with young people and making a world of difference, a kingdom difference. And man, that I believe that brings God joy. And I know that brings me joy. And I, I honestly, that's, that's one of the most exciting things. And so, you know, wherever you are listening to this, take two minutes on Sunday and just say hi to a young person, smile at them, ask them how they're doing. Those things make such a difference. And that just, that brings me great joy. That's true. Gosh, I love that. Um, you should know, I, I, you've, I think everybody on here has heard me say this before. You should know the first name of every kid that goes to your core. You should just know, and you should use their name when you talk to them. Don't call them, hey, red shirt. Say, hey, Eric, how are you doing today? <laughs> uh, I might change my answer on what's giving me joy when I just found out that Callie said about her family in Michigan, because I'm a guy who loves a good upset. Oh, and man. <laughs> why do you antagonize? You're always antagonizing the guests. I thought it was wonderful <laughs> to see TCU. Just surprise Michigan. Callie, are you Michigan fans? Did I just overstep? Oh, I am a deep, deep Michigan fan. My dad <laughs> went there. I see how you bring this up right at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we can't edit it. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's got to stay. No. <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I just enjoy it. I Michigan enjoy, too, so I'm a oh, Michigan oh, fan no. as well. So you really double Matt, offended here. What are you doing? So, so okay. I'll, just, I'll just ask, you know, what is the all-time winningest college football program? I'll just ask that. I'll, I'll have to – let me change my answer. Uh, uh, listen, listen, friends, you should know that Matt is a Florida Gator fan, and so you can ask him how their season went. This, you don't have to ask. They're nowhere to be seen. All right. <laughs> Elizabeth, I, I, Elizabeth, what's giving you joy? But what's bringing me joy is um, I got a toucan lamp for Christmas, and it just nice. is so rad. It looks like a toucan. Like, you need to send me a picture, say, Elizabeth. It's not a, like Post a... Post it in the show notes. It's not... If I'm understanding you correctly, it's yes. not a lamp that you just call... Oh, that's a toucan lamp. It's a lamp that's literally shaped like a toucan. Yes, it he was rejected from like crate and barrel kids and just sent to urban outfitters it's amazing it's so rad <laughs> that's so fun that's such an elizabeth I, answer right there is, exactly. i did not get anything as exciting as a toucan lamp for christmas but my joy for this week is um you know we have this tradition on new year's where um we kind of have a little bit of an activity scheduled every hour from like dinner time till midnight with the kids they love it um, but one of the things we do is sit around the table and talk about you know, what we felt good about in 2022, what are our hopes kind of for 2023? Do Are there any goals that we want to accomplish? And it, it's always uh, brings me joy to see my kids like go after these things that are important to them. It cracks me up. Like right now, everybody's gung-ho about their goals, right? So my youngest daughter just comes in and she's like, now she's 13. She, does she need to work out? No, but she's very excited about it. Mom, I worked out and then I did my skincare routine. And so it's just fun to see them having like developed into like watching them grow as people and see them go after the things that they want. Um, we'll see. Time will tell. Will this stick around? Who knows? Um, but for right now, it's fun and it's bringing me joy and having those discussions 
you know, about how do we, how do we achieve the goals that we set for ourselves and all those kind of things. It's very fun to watch your kids turn into people. So that's bringing me joy right now. Dr. Dr. Hull and Callie, we are so grateful that you took the time to be with us we're today. We're grateful that they're still on here, even yeah. after And we're Matt. grateful. We're grateful for all of you University of Michigan fans out there who uh, have just unsubscribed. Um, <laughs> That's right. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, thank you. I will thank say you. it. Go ahead, Aside Callie. from the uh, University of Michigan comment, I, I I think that the Salvation Army has been very welcoming. I did not grow up with much Salvation Army background, so I just want to say thank you for bringing us in and teaching us all the acronyms and helping us really feel part of the community, too. I'm going to change my answer. We'll edit this. I'll change my answer to, like, uh, the Care Bears are giving me joy, and then we'll just take all of that out. Thank, thank you, Dr. Hall. Thank you, Callie. Thank you for your ministry, Forge. We will definitely bring you back on as this program uh, gets, continues to grow and gets underway. Again, to everybody out there, for most people, you've never heard of this before. This is brand new to you. So again, your territorial youth secretaries know all about it. Hit them up. Have those conversations. Or feel free to hit us up at the battle line, or, and we'll be able to uh, point you in the right direction. That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out the Peer website at peermag.org. Or follow Peer on the socials at peer.magazine. Until next time, an apology to all the University of Michigan fans. <laughs> this has been the Battle Line Podcast. Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya.